You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Let's grab a seat. So great to have you guys here with us. So good to be to be back. Uh, Rachel and I were away last week. Uh, we were on holidays. Um, uh, we holiday a little beach up near Hawks Nest, and uh, we just switched off and relaxed. It was fantastic. Uh, but I, I'm super excited, actually, to be back, and I have this expectation and this anticipation about what the year ahead uh, is going to involve uh, and what it's going to bring. Uh, you know, I don't believe that God is into uh, lives that are stagnant. Uh, I don't believe for one second that Jesus came to earth, died on a cross, uh, so that our lives uh, can be stagnant. I believe that He came so that we can go from strength to strength and from glory to glory and from one level to another and one uh, size to another, expanding uh, in our ability uh, to have Him work through us into the lives of people. Um, And I don't believe that transformation, I don't believe that change and movement and expansion happens by chance. Uh, I believe that it happens by by seeking God, getting a vision for the area in your life that He wants to expand and work on this year and then following the steps that He places in your heart uh, by faith to see that vision come to fruition. Who believes that? Who believes they're not meant to live a stagnant life? Who believes that God has something for them this year in their life in 2018? Come on, all right. Well, we're... We're going to look this morning at this scripture in Habakkuk, which talks a lot about getting a vision. And not just getting a vision, but what we should do once we get a vision. Uh, And hopefully uh, this word will go out into your heart. uh, And throughout this year, it will be a reminder to you uh, of how to see what God has for your life this year actually come to fruition. And when you get to the end of 2018, you can look back and you can praise God. You can thank God. You can honor Him for what He has done in and through you this year. It's going to be awesome. Who's excited about that? Come on. Uh, We should begin with the end in mind. We should begin thinking about the praise we're going to give at the end of the year for what God's done. That's how we should start. We should start thinking, I'm going to get there. We should start thinking, He's going to do it. We should start by thinking, it's going to happen. I'm going to make it. I'm going to change. This year, that thing is going to go in Jesus' name. That's how we should begin this year. I'm, 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 I'm stirred this morning. It's going to be good. We're, we're currently in a series called Clear View. Uh, If you were here last week, Pastor Simo did an incredible job uh, kicking off our year, Um, kicking off our year talking about um, Abram uh, at that point in time. I don't don't think it was Abraham, correct? Yep. Uh, Abram, and uh, God came, gave Abram a a, a dream, a vision, said, listen, you're going to be the father of of many nations. And Abraham kind of said, well, that's that's great, but I don't don't even have one child. And... um, uh, Pastor Simo was talking about how we need to come out of our tent and get some, some altitude. 
to our vision, get some, get some height, get some, get some God-level altitude to our vision, that Abraham was sitting in a, in a his-level vision, just one child, and, and God wanted to bring him out and bring him up to a place where he could see not one child being, being what was required, but, but that actually there was a promise of, of a galaxy of stars worth of, of offspring and inheritance planned for him. And he wanted to bring, God wanted to bring Abraham out of his perspective to get God's altitude for the vision over his life. And um, so I've, I've taken some, some liberties and I've decided to, to name and, and title Pastor Simo's message for him. I listened to it, he, he didn't give it a specific title or subtitle, used our, our series Clearview, but I thought, you know what, he spoke on the altitude of vision. Uh, and I did that so that, so that it, it, it fitted really nicely with what I felt God wanted me to speak on. Um, and, and if you would like to, you can turn to your neighbour and you can tell them uh, the title of this morning's message. And that is, that is not the altitude, but it is the attitude of vision. When you say, how's your attitude this morning? How's your attitude this morning? Ask your neighbour. And if you get a scowl back, maybe you can say, hey, change your attitude. Awesome. It's all right to have fun in church. You know, God is the source of all joy. And uh, his, his word, if you read it, you will find out he has a sense of humor. And uh, so don't, don't, don't be worried about laughing this morning. Uh, don't be worried about responding. If uh, God's word speaks to you, uh, make sure you acknowledge that. Uh, and respond outwardly with what God's doing inside of you. And uh, you can say an amen, you can say yes, uh, any of those things in response. It's great to be a responsive church. I find the more I respond, the more I remain engaged. Uh, you know, when our host is up here and they're hosting, they're bringing the offering. Uh, it's super easy. We've just praised. We've sat down. It's easy to switch off. But I find if I'm, if I'm responding to what they're saying, if I deliberately choose to go to a posture of response, I remain engaged. So if you're tired here this morning, maybe make a choice that you're going to be responsive and you'll, you'll be surprised how engaged you remain. All right, let's get into this. I want to tell you a little story about my camping holiday. I say camping, but we, we stay in an air-conditioned cabin. Um, so I don't know if that classifies as camping, but you know, I've got two kids under the age of four, so I feel like I'm allowed to stay where there's air-conditioning. And, uh, and a TV so I can watch the cricket and um, all of those things. So we, uh, um, every year though, uh, my brother and I, and, and um, in, in the past, uh, a good friend Andy has, uh, we do this challenge, this is Big Hill, where we, uh, where we camp, uh, it's called Mount Yakaba. if any of you know the area near Hawk's Nest, is, is this nice hill, and every year we do a Yakaba challenge, and uh, we aim to run the hill. Um, now, to give you some detail, our, our little campsite, uh, we have about a kilometre to go from where we camp in our cabin um, uh, all the way through this little bush track over this soft sand dune onto the beach and then it's, and it's a one and a half K beach run just, just to get to the bottom of, of the dirt track that goes up Yakaba. And then it goes up about 175, 180 metres of elevation in about a kilometre. Um, and so it's very steep. And uh, my, my goal every year is, is just to make it without walking. 
Uh, I've never won. Um, I've only ever got third, although this year I got second because there was only two people. Um, but, but I didn't stop. I didn't walk. So that is, that is come on. I was like, except for the, the, the very steep section at the top, I totally walked. Um, but it was amazing because this year uh, uh, we got to the top and it was still in cloud. Um, so that kind of tells you how high it was. Um, all the clouds were just low. But, uh, but we're up there and, and the clouds was there. The clouds were all around us and we're taking some photos because you've got to post on, on Strava the photo or it didn't happen. And, um, and slowly the clouds started apart. And I uh, got this incredible view. Every year it's this incredible view. Um, north, up the coast, south, back down towards Newcastle. I just love it. I love being high and being able to see out over the entire landscape. And, and the thing is that, that although we were in the clouds, as soon as they parted, we were high enough to see. I, I could see way further being up high than I could when I was running along the beach. Pretty much all I saw running along the beach uh, was a carpet of red weed um, and, and the hill that I had to climb. But once I'd climbed the hill, once I'd got up the hill, uh, suddenly I could see the beautiful landscape that was in front of me. I could see the beautiful coast, uh, the ocean. Uh, I was looking for some sharks, but I couldn't see any. Um, they had the helicopter out, so I thought maybe they were chasing some away. But here's the thing. To, to get a clear view... We have to get to a high place. We cannot expect to have a clear view in a valley. We cannot expect to have a clear view of something if we remain at a place that is, that is low down. It's, it's just not going to happen. Even in the natural world, um, if we get above whatever is going to block our view, if we get above that, we can see beyond it. Okay, that's not rocket science. That's called seeing. And, and so I like what Habakkuk says at the start of, of his little description here, this scripture, he says, I will make a choice to get up high. I will make a choice to get up my watchtower. I will make a choice to climb up to the highest place that I can get to, to give myself the best opportunity to see, to give myself the best opportunity for God to give me a vision. You see, what he wanted was fresh vision. And, he, and, and to get that, he chose to position himself up high. You see, the context of Habakkuk, if you read chapter 1, you realise that he is taking this big complaint to God. He's having a big winch. Uh, he's like, God, I don't know what's going on. All I see all around me is destruction, is sin, is brokenness, is disease. This is all I see. You read Habakkuk 1, it's a great depressing read. He's, just, he's explaining all the things that are wrong with the nation of Israel. And he's basically saying, God, what are you doing? What's going on? And after he's had a complaint... He goes, right, now I'm going to position myself in the place that I know God will speak to me. And in the midst of the complaint and turmoil, he gets a vision. And I don't know about you, maybe, maybe your year has begun. Maybe, maybe you know, you've journeyed through Christmas and Christmas was at your house this year and all the family came and it was like mayhem and yeah, they cooked like seven turkeys and a tadakan. Did anyone cook a tadakan? Come on, yes, awesome. And there was, there was the pressure of the meal and, and all the presents under the tree and making sure that all the kids uh, were safe around the pool. I don't know, maybe Christmas was, a, was a, a pressure cooker for you this year. Maybe you've come out of Christmas, you've started a new year and you're not relaxed like I am because you haven't had a holiday. You've had a whole season of stress. 
Maybe you've started the year and you already feel like you are under it. You already feel like work has begun and the pressure has started and the stress has started and, and you're already back and there's that colleague that's already rubbing you the wrong way, right? Like those sandpaper people that God places in our life to get rid of our rough edges. Or maybe the boss is already uh, having a go at you for what's happening. Maybe you have just, you're like two weeks into the year and you're like, I am already under it. Maybe you're looking at your marriage this year and all you're seeing is difficulty and tension. Maybe you're looking at your bank balance and that, that post-Christmas credit card bill has come in and, um, and, and suddenly all you see is lack. Maybe you're looking at your health and all you're seeing is a deficiency or a diagnosis. In all of the muck that Habakkuk saw in front of him, he made a choice to position himself where God could speak to him and give him fresh vision. I want to congratulate you because today you have positioned yourself where God can give you fresh vision. You have done a wise thing. Whatever the week has held for you, making a choice to be in the place where God can speak to you, I tell you, it's one of the wisest commitments we can make for this year. If nothing else, let's be in the house so God can speak to us, so we can have one opportunity in our week to get above what is in our week, so God can give us fresh vision for what He wants to do in our world. You might feel like you're under it, but the reality is you're not under it. Ephesians is very clear. Ephesians 2.6 says, For He has raised us from the dead along with Christ, and we are, present tense, we are seated with Him in heavenly realms. I don't know about you, but heaven to me is high. We are high. We are in our spirit right now, present tense, high above whatever is going on in our physical world. And when we arrive, when we come to church, when we position ourselves in this place, it acts as a reminder to our spirit that we don't live in our reality. We live above our reality. And God can show us that once again, we're not seated down here. We are seated high above whatever our life is trying to tell us is keeping us low. It's not the case. We are high above. I want to confirm for you this morning, you are high above. You are not under it. That pressure is trying to tell you you are, but you are not. That diagnosis is trying to tell you you're under something. You are not. You are high and you are seated in the heavenlies with God himself and you can see above whatever is trying to bring you down. I am believing for you uh, that you are going to get a fresh vision for your family, for your business, for your thought life, for your physical body. I'm believing you're going to get fresh vision about what God is calling you to do in partnership with this house to see it be all that it can be, all that God has planned for this house. I tell you, this house, it can't be all that God's planned for it to be without us getting a vision for what our individual place in the space looks like. Ah, oh, yeah, come on. Anyway, I, don't, I didn't really want to um, preach on, on, on getting high. I thought Simo did a great job on that. But I felt so strongly to remind people that even between last week and this week, you have already come again underneath whatever it is that the reality of your life is trying to press down on you. And just, I just wanted to remind you again, it's not where you exist. You exist above that is your reality. You are above whatever is trying to tell you you're below. 
I actually really wanted to speak on the attitude of vision, which I mentioned earlier. Um, and so the attitude of vision, if the altitude is, is, is about getting high in faith, takes faith to believe what Scripture says when our reality tells us something different. When Scripture says we're seated high, we have to activate our faith to believe that is where we're at rather than what our reality sometimes tells us. But our attitude, the attitude of vision doesn't neglect faith, it adds to faith. The attitude of vision is faith with perseverance. So once you've got high, once you've got a vision from God, once you've, once you've seen this particular, this is where I want to go at the end of this, where I want to be, once you've got that, then we need to adopt the right attitude. Because without the right attitude, we don't get anything done. Without the right attitude, we're just going to remain stationary. And we might have a good picture, but without movement, without attitude, without action, all we're going to end up with is a nice little daydream. We have to apply the right attitude. The right attitude is faith with perseverance. See, it begins with faith to get the vision and to make sure that the size of our vision is one of faith. Uh, Many of you would know Pastor Adam Smorkham, C3 Vibe in San Francisco. He says, if your vision isn't intimidating to you, it's insulting to God. Ouch. If we can achieve our vision, we don't need God. And that is a scary place to live. If it requires faith to begin each step, so once we have a vision, it requires faith to begin each step and perseverance to keep taking steps. Faith to continue to believe that during the time and the space that exists between when we get the vision and when we see it come to fruition requires perseverance to make sure we keep moving day to day. Faith might paint the picture, but it also takes the step. Without the step of faith, our faith is not active and the dream is just wishful thinking. Faith without works is dead. And the bigger the vision, the bigger the steps. And the more steps, the more perseverance. We don't get to take a step without faith, and we don't ever only get to take one step. It's always multiple. And so there's this beautiful combination of faith and perseverance. Faith and perseverance. You see, the vision should always be in the altitude of faith, but the steps should always be in the realm of the achievable. Think of the boy with his little lunch. Jesus, if if you know that parable, it says Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He already knew that he was going to feed the 5,000. That was the vision. That was what was on his mind. That was what he was thinking about. He's thinking, I'm going to feed all these people. I already know I'm going to feed all these people. But the step was for the boy to give his lunch. The step was achievable for the boy, but the vision was in the realm of faith. Is the woman with the, the widow with the oil. God wanted to supply her completely and utterly, overflowing oil, all the, uh, huge vision, huge plan that God had. But the step was make me a little cake first. Achievable, but seated in faith. Abraham. Abraham, I want to make you a nation, a father of many nations. Look at these stars. This is the faith vision, Abraham. Step. 
Make life to your wife. Achievable, practical, but seated in faith. If you didn't take your kids to kids' church this morning, it's your problem. <laughs> you can have the awkward conversation on the way home. All right. Habakkuk gives us a, actually a really practical outworking of this. I, I, I know I'm not known for my practical message, uh, but, but this is going to be a really hands down, uh, can apply from 8 a.m. tomorrow morning uh, or, or, or 1 p.m. this afternoon, practical steps to achieving your vision, all right? So Habakkuk, once he has his vision, he's climbed up uh, to his watchtower, he's positioned himself in the place to hear from God, to get the vision. God speaks to him and says, first thing I want you to do, now that I've shown you something, the first thing to do is write it down. Write my answer in large, clear letters on a tablet. If God shows you a picture, write it down. Oh, Nate, that doesn't sound like it takes faith. Let me tell you, it takes faith. Taking something out of the internal and making it external absolutely has faith in it. It is so much more significant once it is written down, once you can see it, once it's out there. It's the same reason we ask people to raise their hand at the end of the service when they believe that, that, that God's speaking to them in their heart about accepting Him. It's because we know that something that is done external cements something that is going on internal. If you just keep your vision internally, it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to go, oh no, I didn't really get that. Oh, I was just, you know, I just made that up. No, I tell you, you write it down, it becomes concrete, it becomes cement in your world, it becomes tangible. And that takes faith. It takes faith to believe that what you saw is achievable. Write it down, record it clearly. Then, then Habakkuk goes on to say, so that a runner can read it. It's so important that you don't just write it down and put it somewhere. Like in your drawer, like I have like 17 journals in my top drawer and um, my wife always laughs at me about them. But, but for stuff that I really, really believe God's doing in, in our world, I, I sometimes will write it up on the mirror. I sometimes will put it in the bathroom on the mirror so that, so that a runner can read it. So that when I'm, I'm, I'm running through life, when, the, when I'm in the busy day to day and I feel like I'm running from one place to another, it is in front of me. I can still see it. I can still see the end goal. I can still see what God has said this year is going to be about. That's going to make sure that my running from here to there, my crazy doing of life day to day is actually still pointing in the right direction. See, if we're just running and we can't see the vision in front of us, so often we'll run off course. So often our busyness will take us over here when our vision had us going in this direction. I'm not saying don't run. I love getting stuff done. I love being on the, on, on the ball. But I need my vision in front of me. I need my vision where I can see it while I'm running. Put it in your phone. Put it on the mirror. Let it remind you and let it revive you. Let it revive you in those moments when you've been running all day and you come home and you're tired and you're exhausted. Let that thing remind oh, that's what God's doing this year in my life. Come on, I'm going to believe that afresh right now. It's going to revive your spirit. Proverbs 29, 11 in the message says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he's revealed, they are most blessed. 
If you place it where you can see it, you won't stumble all over this year. You won't stumble all over this, the plan God has for this year. When you place it where you can see it, you can attend to it. And by attending to it, let's just, let's just make sure we attending is a, is a practical, physical doing of something. We attend to it. Okay, we attend to the vision. We don't, we don't just put it up there hoping that God's just going to make it happen without us. No, there's a partnership. There's a co-laborship going on. Okay, we attend to the vision. We arrive at blessing. And as we're running, let's remember that running, running takes perseverance. Running is not just one step. Running is many steps. Running is one step after another step, after another step, after another step. And as we're running through life, aiming at this vision, it's going to take perseverance to keep taking those steps. And some days it's going to take more perseverance than other days. Some days we'll hit a wall of, of, of all kinds of things. That's where we need that perseverance to come in. I know for me, when I was on holidays, when I'm running up Yakaba, something that, that I've been taught to do when you're running up a really, really, really big hill is, is to glance at the top so you see where you're going. But you don't concentrate on the top because it's discouraging. If you concentrate on the top, you, you get discouraged because it's so far to go. There's so much height to go. So I, I, I'm going to have to climb for so much longer. I don't know that I can do it. And, and before you know it, you actually, your heart rate rises out of anxiety over how far there is to go and you tire yourself out and you can't do it. So it's important that you, you glance. You glance at the top so you know where you're going and then you look down and you watch your steps. Step, 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 glance, step, 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 glance, step, 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 step. And before you know it, you're at the top. You're at the top. You glance at your vision and then you go back to your steps. You glance at your vision and then you go back to your steps. Step, 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 glance. Step, 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 glance. That is what our year needs to look like. Step, 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 glance. Step, 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 glance. If the vision isn't in front of you, your glance will miss it. Then he goes on to say, hey, hey, don't just ride it somewhere where you can see it while you're running, but, but tell people. Tell someone. How much faith does it take to tell someone what you believe God's going to do in your life this year? Suddenly you've taken it from in here to on paper. Now you're making yourself accountable to someone. Not in a dirty word way. Like, well, you know, we don't really like that word. It's like, uh, get off my back. Type accountable. But maybe someone can stand with you. Maybe you can tell someone so that you've got that that iron sharpens iron accountability, that, that encouragement accountability, that no, when, 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 when you're down and you're tired and you don't think you can do it, you've got that person next to you going, no, no, I'm believing with you. I'm here with you. I'm standing in agreement with you this is going to happen. This is why we tell people so that when we're not in a headspace to believe it's going to happen, they might be and they can help us. Can I tell you, encouragement is the fuel of perseverance. So another reason why it's so critical to be in church. This is a house of encouragement. It's an encouragement for our spirit. It's an encouragement for the truth of God in our lives. It's a place where we can get refueled for perseverance. And he goes on to say, remember, vision is always of the future, not the present. Don't become discouraged in the gap between what you see in the dream, what you see in the vision, and what you see in reality. It's so easy to get discouraged, isn't it? 
Like we, we see these incredible ideals sometimes. I don't know that ideals are from God, all right? But sometimes we see these ideals and, and then we see ourselves and the gap's just too big and we just get discouraged and we stop trying. You see, faith to believe in what we see. We need faith to believe in what we see even when what we see is different in the natural. So often, God gives me a vision for what the end of my year is going to look like, and I look at where I'm currently at, and it's so easy to be discouraged. It's so easy to go, God, I can't do that. It's too far. And sometimes I find that this is the worst at about the six-month mark, at about halfway, because the gap still seems so big, but a part of me forgets how far I've come. Joyce Meyer says, I might not be who I want to be, but thank God I'm not who I used to be. Come on, that is the mantra of perseverance. That will encourage your soul when you feel like you have not taken any ground towards your vision. That will remind you that it is happening under the surface, that you are changing. Thank God you're not who you were on January 1st, right? You are different right now to what you were then. You might not feel very different, but you're different. It's just slowly, steadily, surely. I mean, those first two words immediately, yeah, that you could, they're synonyms of perseverance. <laughs> slowly, steadily, slowly, steadily. It's like the hare and, hare and the tortoise. We just need to be good tortoises, right? It's not how fast we get to the end, it's that we get there. Don't try to accomplish a vision by the end of January. Perseverance, slowly, steadily, slowly, steadily. And then surely, isn't faith the evidence of things hoped for and the assurance of what we do not see? Surely, to have that surely in your spirit, that's faith. To know without doubt it is going to happen, it is going to happen, and I'm going to take a step towards it. It is going to happen, and I'm going to take another step, slowly, steadily. I'm sure... Slowly, steadily. Proverbs 16.9 in the New King James says, A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. You see, his steps require us to believe that by taking them, we will actually arrive at the end goal. Our plans sometimes, we plan them so we know that we will arrive in our knowing. Our plan is always straightforward. We think, well, I just need to go from A to B and this is how I'm going to do it. But God's steps sometimes seem backwards. And he only ever gives them one at a time, which is, I don't know about you, super frustrating. And sometimes walking his steps doesn't seem like we're actually going to get us to the end. Right? It doesn't seem, it's like, God, I, the vision was me going this way. Why does it seem like your steps are taking me this way? Why, why am I getting further away from where I thought you were, you were taking me this year? That's where faith comes in, is to believe that by taking his steps, we will end up where he showed us. And not, not 
deciding that because his steps look different to what we would have planned, we don't, we don't give up on his steps. We persevere with his steps, believing and persevering, believing and persevering with his steps because our faith and our perseverance is seated in our trust of him that he is a good God, that he is leading us, that he is going to take us where he said he is going to take us. We need to not abandon his steps for our own plan. Sometimes we get this vision, oh, we want to be super generous. I've had visions like this. I want to give away thousands of dollars. And so we make a plan. Well, if I'm going to give away thousands of dollars, I need a bigger income. And there's a job in another town. So I'm going to take the job in another town to get a bigger income. And so we move from where God wanted us. God's step is tight. Looks backwards because that's giving away 10% rather than getting more. Our plan for this vision of an amazing family, amazing kids. I have those visions. So we go, you know what? This year we're going to do an overseas trip together as a family. We're going to go, we're going to travel, it's going to be awesome, we're going to spend this time together, it's going to be great. That's our plan. God's step is bring them to church. We have this vision for this beautiful home where we can have people over and have people stay and be hospitable. And, and so we have this, this, this vision, I'm going to build this awesome house, I'm going to plan it out, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to plan to build this beautiful home. God's step is build His house. Our plan is to get fit, get rich, get well, get peace, get joy, get life. God's step is to seek first his kingdom. And all these things will be added unto you. Habakkuk goes on to conclude by saying, in case we didn't get it yet, that the righteous will live by their faith. We live each day, each step. By faith. See, Habakkuk's vision. Oh, actually, I love the message translation of that verse. The message translation says that the person in right standing before God through loyal and steady faith and perseverance is fully alive, really alive. Maybe your vision this year is just life. I just want life. I just want to feel alive this year. Can I tell you that that vision, achieving that comes from faith and perseverance. Faith and perseverance. Maybe you want to see life in your marriage. Faith and perseverance. Maybe you want to see life in your business. Faith and perseverance. Faith and perseverance. Habakkuk's vision, the one he got, the answer to his complaint, so it wasn't really an answer. See, if you, go, if you go through and you read like the rest of Habakkuk, the vision that he gets, that he writes down, that he makes plain, that he describes, the vision is actually of Jesus. The vision is of the Messiah. The vision is of the answer, our answer, humanity's answer, the answer to all that we desire in this world. He is the answer to our questions. He's the source of our change. He's the reason that we desire transformation. He is the grace and the power and the source of all and any ability that we would have to even step toward 
the vision that he gives us. It's him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. And it's as we, as we connect with him, as we believe by faith that we are in him and we exist in him, that we even open the door in our own lives to be able to do the things he's called us to do. So take faith in one hand and perseverance in the other. Put your hand to the plough this year. Don't just get a vision, but take a step. Write it down. Tell someone. Seek God for his step. Don't make your own plan. God isn't going to do it for you, but he is going to do it through you. He nudges, you step. He prompts, you act. He shows, you move. Vision without faith is always too small and too easily achievable, but faith without works is dead. Faith with perseverance in the practical, in the strength of God, in His grace, will move you step by step towards the vision. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.